Welcome to RVR's Life After Camp podcast. Learn about the camp and retreat ministries of RVR at rivervalleyranch.com. Enjoy. All right. So guys, let's kind of focus in here because there was something, I love that video, that spoken word, there was something in there about how powerful you are, how dangerous you are. And guys, I I love the way that the scriptures uh, phrase this. That in him, you are more than conquerors. And we're going to talk about that, what that looks like. How do we take the concepts that we've gotten between our last few times together and put it into action to create meaningful impact as we go from this place? So let's kind of re- recap here where we've gone so far this weekend. Our key passage from Friday night was Ephesians 2.10. For we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. You know, we've really been focusing on that phrase for his work and workmanship, skill. It took time and skill. You are a genuine product of God's power and creativity, getting hands-on in the moment of creation, forming you, breathing life into you. But we didn't talk too much about the back half of that passage, that good works that he's preparing for us. That what? That we should walk in them. That's our goal for this morning. What does it mean to walk out those good works? What does that look like? But where we needed to, what, the thing we needed to grasp Friday night before we, to, we could accomplish anything else is understanding the design that we will only see the incredible work God wants to do with us and through us if we can start by seeing why God wants you a part of the picture, why you are included in that kingdom tapestry that you're not flawed so, so the, to the point where you're left out of the picture. He wants you in there. And then yesterday morning, Ephesians 2, 17 through 22, and he came and preached peace to you who were far off and peace to those who were near. For through him, we both have access in one spirit to the Father. So then you are no longer strangers and aliens, but you are fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God being built together on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Christ Jesus himself being the cornerstone. He is the anchor. He is the thing that holds us all together in whom the whole structure being joined together grows into a holy temple in the Lord. In him, you also are being built together into dwelling place for God by the spirit. And what we are talking about is that weaving that God is using everything in our lives to create a wonderful masterpiece through our images. He connects us all together through himself. Okay, so he's not only using each and every one of us, but he wants to use each and every experience and situation that we've gone through. And remember, we use that passage in Romans. He works all things together for good. He wants to take all your baggage. He wants to take all your junk. He wants, all, he wants to take all the things you wish never happened and turn it into something that he can use mightily. And then last night, we really dug in. Ephesians 2, 13 through 16. But now in Christ Jesus, you who were once far off, and at one point we were all far from God, you who were once far off have been brought near by the, by the blood of Christ. For he himself is our peace, who has made us both one, and has broken down in his flesh the dividing wall of hostility by abolishing the law of commandments expressed and ordinances that he might create in himself one new man in place of the two, 
so making peace and might reconcile us both to God in one body through the cross, thereby killing the hostility. And we talked about the potential unraveling or the undoing of this kingdom tapestry. And that unraveling, that undoing can only be caused by sin, that sickness that wants to spread through our lives and our relationships. And if we allow sin to infect us and spread through our lives and relationships, it will slowly pull apart the design. But Jesus, the best news in the world, but Jesus can restore, he can redeem, right? Repentance and redemption, it stops the unraveling in its tracks. He redeems, he restores, he rescues everything that has been undone. So now that we have these truths told onto, we are left with a task. We are left with a job to do. And that's where we have to go from here is understanding the task, the baton that we have to take and run with. 2 Corinthians 5, 17 through 20. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Praise God. Some of you made the decision last night to accept Jesus for the first time. That's you. You are now a new creation. The old has passed away. Your old life, the sins, the decisions, the way you live, they are done away with. They are dead. You have new life. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. All this is from God who through Christ reconciled us to himself. Now guys, here's the task. It's very important. And he gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That is in Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them and entrusting to us the message of reconciliation. Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ God making his appeal through us, we implore you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. So guys, this is where we get this task. Remember, we talked about how the step we need to take is repentance. And then we allow God to do the redeeming. But now once we have become one of the redeemed... God says, it is now up to you to bring the message of reconciliation into the world. You are now my mouthpiece. You are my vessel. You are my representative. I want the world to look at you and I want them to see me. That's the task. That's the job that's been given to us. Now guys, this is crazy though. This is by far probably one of the most amazing and yet terrifying passages in scripture is John 14, 12. It's God calling us to greater things. And Jesus is speaking with his followers. He says, truly, truly, I say to you, whoever believes in me will also do the works that I do and greater works than these will he do because I am going to the Father. Guys, that is an incredible passage, but it is terrifying. Because we're being told in one sense that in Christ, we are going to see the world change. That's amazing. But I, greater, really greater things? Like, uh, Pastor Brandon, I've been, like, I've struggled, but I've been with you so far. I get it. God loves me. That's great. But now you're saying he, God wants me to do greater things than he did. Like, isn't this the guy that was healing the blind and making the lame walk and the, the deaf be able to hear and, like, just bringing people back from the dead, like, greater things really greater like ah 
I don't know about that one. But guys, here's what's true. When Jesus is giving this instruction to his followers, he wasn't talking about doing greater things in quality, but doing greater things in quantity. Jesus was talking about quantity, not quality. We're not going to heal somebody better than God could. But I want you to realize something. Over the time of his earthly ministry, Jesus really only led a few hundred people to himself. But in the beginning of the book of Acts, one of his disciples, Peter, it's the first sermon that's really preached after Jesus has died on the cross. And Peter brings 3,000 people to salvation. And it's not because Peter is this amazing guy because it's God working through him. But right off the get-go, God is bringing that instruction in John 14, 12. He's bringing it to fruition. He's showing that it's real. And what happens through the rest of scripture is we see the church exploding and spreading like wildfire. Because Jesus don't lie. And he says, I want to use you, I want to use my people to spread the message of the gospel. Acts 2, 41. So those who received his word were baptized and there were added that day about 3,000 souls. And like I said, guys, what Jesus was talking about was quantity, not necessarily quality. Now, if you guys have heard this before, I don't want you to speak up, but if you had the choice between a penny and $3 million, I think most of us would probably take the $3 million. I don't know about you, but I, got, I would love to pay off my house. I'd love to pay off the, the minivan my wife and I got uh, a few months ago because we got baby number three on the way. And uh, I would love to put some money away for my kids for, for college, maybe take my wife on, a, on another vacation. Now, but what if I told you that penny was actually a magic penny and every day it doubled for a month? And here's what's crazy. 10 days in, so day one, you got one cent. 10 days in, you got $5.12. You're thinking, oh, I, I probably should have stuck with the three million. Day 20, you got $5,242.88. And you're thinking, okay, three million versus 5,000, I should have taken the three million. Day 25, $167,770.16. You're still a big gap between $167,000 and $3 million. But by day 30, you'd have over $5 million. And here's what's crazy about kind of exponential increase. All right, I want you to take this principle of the magic penny and and $3 million, and I want you to think about the type of influence that we could have just in this room over the concept of exponential growth. Okay, what's your name, my man? Jack. All right, let's say in this analogy that Jack doesn't know the Lord, and I decide to invite him out. Where do you like to go to eat, Jack? Chick-fil-A? God's chicken. All right. I take Jack out to Chick-fil-A. We get some lunch. And then next month, next month, Jack, do me a favor, stand up. I take Jack out to Chick-fil-A. And then next month, I decide, what's your name, man? Eli. Eli and Reed. Eli and Reed. Let's say uh, Jack takes Eli out. They go to Chick-fil-A again. I take Reed out. And they stand up. And now there's four of us. And then the next week, 
it turns into eight of us. So you three guys and you stand up real quick. And then it turns into 16 of us. So you, you five ladies and then the three guy leaders right there stand up. And then the 16 of us turns into 32, which is, let's see, let's see. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, Okay, these four rows, and, and right here, this one right here. Okay, and then this section basically overflows into this section. So this whole section stand up, and you guys stand up. And then the rest of you, you all take somebody out to lunch. So everybody on the wings, you guys stand up, and you guys stand up over there. And then all y'all take somebody out to lunch. So all the, all the tinters and, and staff, you guys stand up too. You're not, you're not exempt from this. Now, guys, I want you to stay standing for a second, all right? I want you to listen to this. Shh, shh. I want you to listen to this. All right, there are, there's 105 of us here this weekend. If you took one person, one person to lunch or to coffee each month, one time a month, one time a month, okay? One time a month for the, tw- for the next 12 months. By this time next year, we will have influenced over 200,000 people. Over 200,000 people by you inviting one person a month. That's 12 people. That's your, that's your basketball team. That's your volleyball team. That's, the, that's your, your cast for your, your school play. That's a really small cast for a school play, but it might be. That's your choir. That's your, that's your cousin, your younger brother, your younger sister. But one person a month. And this time next year, over 200,000 people. God has called us to greater things, and that means quantity over quality. All right, you guys can sit down. Thank you for going with me there. Jack, we just changed the world. Boom. Just through God's chicken. But how? That's the question. But how? How am I supposed to bring about this insane, crazy impact? How am I supposed to live out these greater things? Ephesians 2.10, it's where we started Friday. For we are his workmanship, skill, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. How do I walk in them? What does that look like? James 1.22, but be doers of the word. Do not, do not be hearers only, deceiving yourselves. Guys, don't misunderstand me. I love that you are here. I am so grateful that you are here. I'm grateful that you have been attentive and that you have hung with me this weekend. But it is not good enough for you to simply sit and listen and go home and do nothing. But we are all called to be doers of the word to put into practice the things that we are taking into our hearts and into our minds through the teaching of the word. And I'm not gonna lie to you guys. The decision to follow Jesus is the easiest decision to make, but the most difficult to live. The decision to follow Jesus is the easiest decision to make to accept salvation, receive eternal life, but to live it out, to carry that ministry of reconciliation is difficult. It is, it is a challenge, but it is so worth it. It is so worth it. So how do we live this out? How do we walk it? How do we be doers of the word? 
and it becomes pretty simple. Mark 12, verse 29 through 31, Jesus answered, the most important is, hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. The second is this, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other commandment greater than these. Now, guys, Jesus is quoting something. He's quoting the Shema from Deuteronomy 6. And what it talks about in Deuteronomy 6, it talks about how important these words are. It says that you're supposed to take these truths. In Deuteronomy 6, it says you need to teach them to your children as you rise up, as you lay down, as you walk by the way. You live it out. You're constantly talking about it. And then it goes on to say in Deuteronomy 6, you shall bind him. As, as frontlets between your eyes and on your hands. And there are people sometimes today who will still read the Old Testament and almost like a tennis like sweatband, they strap on this little wooden box which has the word of God in it because they take it so literally that I have to live this out. I have to keep this locked away in my heart that I have to love the Lord my God with all my heart, my soul, my mind, and my strength. But listen to this, and love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other commandment greater than these. And Jesus links the two. Why? Goes all the way back to Friday night. Because we are the image bearers of God. To love people is to love God. And it talks about in other places in scripture, how it says, if you claim to love God and hate your brother, you are a liar. So you think, oh, I go to church, I read my Bible, I go to RVR. Sometimes I go to a church camp over the summer. But when I get home, uh uh-uh, forget other people. I say this because I love you. You're a liar based on what the word says. You're deceiving yourselves. You cannot separate loving God and loving people. So that first step, how do we walk this out? You love God and love people. You love them when it hurts. If you want to be able to measure how much, how much do you love someone, you can measure how much you love someone by how much it inconveniences you. How much you love someone can be measured by how much it inconveniences you, which means what? It's easy to love somebody when they're your best friend. It's easy to love somebody when it's expected. It's difficult to love somebody when they curse you, when they gossip about you, when they lie to your face, when they betray you. But there is no caveat for love. Oh, love your neighbor as yourself, but, but not that guy, not, not that girl. No, 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 it doesn't say that. There, there are no parentheses in scripture to say that there are exceptions to this commandment. So you love God, you love people. And then Matthew 28, 18 through 20. It's called the Great Commission. So Matthew 12, the Great Commandment. Matthew 28, the Great Commission. And Jesus came and said to them, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. So you take that message of Jesus and you share it with the people around you. And here's where we land. Here's how we 
bring things to a conclusion this weekend. Ephesians 5, 1 and 2. Therefore, be imitators of God as beloved children and walk in love as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. So this task of of changing the world, of doing greater things, how do I do that? Those good works that God has prepared beforehand, how do I walk in them? You walk in love. You walk out that great commandment to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and to love your neighbor as yourself. And you carry the message of Jesus, the ministry of reconciliation, you carry it with you wherever you go. Friday night, we talked about the design. Yesterday morning, we talked about how this tapestry is woven together. And then last night, we talked about what is threatening to unravel that tapestry. But guys, here's what's so interesting about a tapestry, is that on every tapestry, there is an unfinished edge. One of the edges is frayed. Why? So it can always be added onto. So the task we are left with is the people on the fringe. The people on the outskirts, on the edges of God's plan. And we are called to draw them in. So as we seek to love God and love people, we have the opportunity to be used by God to add on to the kingdom tapestry that God is weaving. You have people that God has placed in your life. Remember what we talked about yesterday with that story of Joseph. The story, the plan, the design that God had for Joseph was bigger than him. So the decisions you've made, the difficulties that you've walked through, they are bigger than you. God wants to use those things, a greater purpose for you. And I use that example in myself. So the depression and the suicidal thoughts that I walked through, God has used them to reach out to people on the fringe that are struggling with depression and suicide. So whatever life has thrown at you, whatever thing you have walked through that you're looking at currently going, I, I, this is too much for me. Remember, what do we gotta do? We gotta zoom out. We gotta gain a new perspective. And if it seems like we're being overwhelmed by the difficulties of life, it's probably because we're positioning our problems closer to our face and we're not keeping our eyes fixed on the Lord and we're losing sight of that bigger picture of what God wants to do. So guys, we have been immensely blessed by God, but now we are given this challenge, this task of carrying that blessing out into the world. And here's what's beautiful about that. And being a, being a youth pastor myself, I, I know this all too well. Okay, and, and maybe this applies to you, maybe it doesn't. If you are here this weekend and you're not plugged in, with your youth group, if you're not plugged in with your church, guys, I beg you guys to build a stronger connection there. It says in Hebrews, it says, do not forsake meeting together as is the habit of some, but continue to build one another up to love and good works, the good works that God has prepared beforehand. So what's that look like? We are called to be a blessing to the people around us 
And here's what's awesome. We have all created this bond now this weekend that we can continue to encourage each other. So that means when we get home and I see Jack struggling, I can come alongside him in love and say, Jack, keep going, man, keep going. Hey, weren't you, weren't you gonna invite Liam to, to lunch this month? Well, yeah, but I, I mean, I'm kind of nervous about it. What if he says, no, come on, come on, come on. Just give it a shot, just ask. The worst thing that happens, he says no. And you try again next week. So the person to your left and your right, you get to walk alongside them and encourage each other to continue to be a blessing, continue to walk in love, continue to carry that ministry of reconciliation into the world. Guys, I pray that you have been blessed by our time in the word. I certainly have been blessed by being able to to be here with you. But I beg you, if all you got were some notes in your journal, if all you got were some notes in your journal, that's all they're gonna be. If all you did was hear this weekend, that's all it's gonna be. But connect with your small group leader. Connect with the people around you, your brothers and sisters in Christ, Encourage one another to start being doers of the word. So guys, would you pray with me one more time as we close out our weekend together and then I'll kick it back to Elijah and Aaron. Father, I praise you. I thank you so much for this kingdom tapestry that you are weaving. You have called us into that design. You have not messed up with us. It is a logical impossibility that you screwed up on us. If you are an all-powerful creator God and we are a hands-on expression of that power and creativity, your image bearers, then it is theologically, it is logically impossible that we are a mistake. And you desire to have us a part of this kingdom tapestry, this beautiful work of artistry that you are creating. And you want to use every bit of our story. And we might be walking right in the middle of it. And for some of these students that are going to be returning home, they're going to be returning to difficult situations and painful experiences and difficult temptation. Would you fill them with an abundance of power and boldness and confidence and comfort and love and peace in a way that only you can because you want to use each and every one of those experiences. You want to use all of those things together for good. And God, give us the strength to fight against temptation that sickness of sin that threatens to unravel this tapestry. Help us to cut it off. Stop it, deaden its tracks through repentance and letting you redeem us. Father, give us the strength, give us the, the boldness to carry on the task, the ministry of reconciliation that you've given to us. Help us to not only be hearers of the word, but put it into practice. Let us never be the same again, constantly being changed, being made holy by you. You are so good to us, God, even though we don't deserve it. We praise you. We thank you for our time together here at River Valley Ranch, and we pray these things in Jesus' name.
Amen. We hope you enjoyed listening to this Life After Camp episode. Discover all of the year-round adventures at RVR and find out how you can support our ministry at rivervalleyranch.com. Thanks.